For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, a social media examiner production. I'm Eric Fisher, and my co-host is Kim Reynolds. This is the show for marketers looking to stay on the leading edge of social media. We cover social media news that broke in the last few days. And on today's show, we're going to explore Facebook adding new tools for managing your time on Facebook and Instagram. We're going to talk about some Facebook API updates. We're going to talk about a lot, a, a number of things. we got a lot of different little pieces of news here. So all the breaking social media marketing news of the week is what we will be covering, and we're looking forward to it. It's going to be a great show. And so let's just jump right in. Facebook has been on a roll here for the last – I mean, it, it, look at the calendar. Like, we're recording this on August 3rd. It's been now seven months. We're into the eighth month of the year. But back in December of 2017, Facebook started talking about quality of time spent on Facebook, that we were going to have um, you know, th- this, this more of a focus. They were going to have this focus of increasing uh, their users' ability – to have quality time on Facebook that we were going to Mark even said this Mark Zuckerberg says I'm on a first name basis. He says uh, he says you're going to we are seeing people spend less time on Facebook. In fact, we predict people are going to be spending less time on Facebook, but we want to have that time that they spend there be of higher quality. And they've done a number of different things throughout this past seven months, both on Facebook and on Instagram. And we're going to cover uh, and remind you of some of those things. But first and foremost, we're going to talk about the brand new thing. And this is not thing, this is not a, a tool with managing time that is about quality of time. This is about quantity of time. But those things, quality and quantity, kind of go hand in hand. So let's get into this. We've got some screen shares here that will show you what these new dashboards look like. It's all geared around this new activity dashboard that you will find in mobile on both Facebook and on Instagram. You find it in different places on both of those. And what you'll find in this new activity dashboard is a place where it shows you the average time that you spent on that app, a daily reminder uh, ability to set a reminder for when you've reached a certain self-imposed time limit on that app, as well as more control over your Facebook notifications. And so as we look through these screenshots and share what they look like here, uh, I think you'll get an inkling as to what specifically this is going to do. So like I said, they want people to have time spent on Facebook and Instagram to be intentional, to be a positive experience that You will, when you are on Facebook, you're fully present on Facebook, you're having great relationships, you're checking in with friends, you're checking in with family, but if you spend too much time on there, the experience starts to sour. That's where this comes in. It's it's this ability to go in and see how much time you spent 
on Facebook or Instagram. So uh, up in the left upper left hand corner, we're looking at a screen share here and you can find all of these, by the way, in our show notes that are on Social Media Examiner every single Saturday where we post the show notes for this episode. And what we're looking at here is at top and bottom on the left hand side, it's an example of what you find inside of Instagram and on Facebook. And what it shows you is, and it, for example, in Instagram, it says time on Instagram, 25 minutes, that this is your daily average, the average time you've spent during uh, a day on Instagram, on your app only, by the way, uh, in the last week, 25 minutes. Kim, it, does 25 minutes a day sound like a good average uh, or comparative average to what, to what you do on Instagram? Uh, that probably is right for me, but I would say that it sounds low for a lot of people that mm -hmm. I know. Yeah, I, I am curious uh, for people that are listening, uh, reach out to us. Let us know either if you're here uh, live or if you're listening to the podcast, shoot us a note like on Instagram or somewhere. Let us know as you're listening to this. What is your average time? That, I mean, take an educated guess, because, again, this tool is rolling out to everybody, but not everybody has it. But I'm curious to see. I, I think for me personally on Instagram on a daily average, I think it's probably close to maybe 25 minutes. It might be lower. Uh, I will open up Instagram maybe three, four, five times throughout the day to check. And I'll scroll and or interact and engage intentionally uh, for about three to five minutes each time. So that cumulatively adds up to about that 25 minute average. And what I just described is exactly what they are talking about here is on the mobile app. If you open it up on Instagram or on Facebook and you see this dashboard, this time, this this average time is what they're now going to be calculating. They're going to be uh, tallying the time, counting down the time and adding it into your your average. So you'll be able to see that. And then that's where this next um, feature comes in, which is call which is uh, the, the ability to set a, um, you know, a reminder, basically. And you can set it for, uh, you know, basically I, I, from what I'm seeing, there's even a 12 hour uh, amount here. There's a there's the ability for you to set a limit, a limit of half your day. <laughs> that's the problem. Instagram. That's a that's a real problem. Somebody who's spending 12 hours on Instagram alone or Facebook alone in a given day. I, I mean, I have to question what you're doing with your time. But exactly. the, the, the reminder is there to say, hey, if on average I'm spending 20, again, 25 minutes, that's hypo, hypothetical amount. If I'm spending 25 minutes on this thing, I can now set it to say, well, is 25 minutes good? Or do I say half hours is good? You know, what do I want that time to be? And you set it. So, for example, in this image, they're showing 25 minutes as a possible uh, option. And you can set that. Now, if you've set that, and I think you have to, man I don't see a, a recurring ability to set this for, you know, every single day. I think you literally have to go in every morning uh, or whenever it is you first start, you have to go in and set that reminder again for the day for 25 minutes and or whatever you're, you know, what's best for you, 10, 15, 20, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and you set it. And then what happens is, is when you've cumulatively hit that mark for the day on the app. And by the way, 
we need to note this is not integrated into desktop at all as far as their indication yeah. goes. It's all mobile app. So, but once you hit that on the mobile app, you've hit 25 minutes, notification right there on Instagram or on Facebook, depending upon which one you're doing and what time limit. You can have different time limits for each app. Suddenly you get a notification. Hey, you have used your allotted time. Here's the thing. It doesn't stop you from using the app anymore. It just tells you. It just reminds you. It just, you know, it's, it's like having an alarm. I could get up right now, but I'm going to hit snooze. So you can continue hitting snooze, so to speak, and just keep using the app if you wanted to for the rest of the day. So I, you know, the, this is a step forward and uh, it's interesting. I, I, you know, again, you've got to think about this in terms of it being a tool and it's only as only a tool that's as good as how the user uses it right it's it's not about you know oh i've self-imposed these limits and then i can now have a healthy life on social uh I, the thing for me is is like for those of us who are doing interaction and social media work like our numbers are going to be completely skewed consumers are going to treat this one way marketers are going to treat this a whole other way and again it's missing the fact that it does not integrate into desktop whatsoever so yeah. interesting well, the cynic in me of course <laughs> looks at this <laughs> i said this differently it says okay when the investors notice that less time is being spent on facebook facebook can come back and see wow see how well our tools are doing people are being so much more intentional about mm. their time they're not just sitting there randomly going through the feed looking at ads no they're intentionally intentionally looking at ads so you know but I'm a cynic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, same here. I, and I think part of this is a play into making us as consumers feel more like we are in control of, you know, or, or uh, let me put it this way, feeling more like we have the ability to have self-control when it comes to using yeah. our social accounts. And so because of that, some of that quote, self-control we're then exerting when we go into these apps makes us feel like, no, I'm healthy when I use this app. I'm perfectly fine. <laughs> like, whereas we, so, you know, we, anyway, we might, we might set unrealistic expectations. We might set Facebook for say an hour when half hour is probably all we would need or an hour and a half when 45 minutes to an hour is all we need for the day. Again, it depends on what you're using it for. Again, when it comes to marketing, or being a marketer when using this tool, the one thing that I find a little bit hard to, uh, you know, integrate into this is the fact that this doesn't in any way in any of their promotional uh, or announcement for this, these tools, they don't state anything about desktop. It, it's all mobile right. app. It's all on the phone. Um so and 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 yeah. So anyway, uh, there's one other key piece here, which is there's the ability for us to set a push notification uh, mute. And the thing is, is I want to ask marketers this: Are we really going around with our Facebook notifications turned on? Like, are we really allowing like so and so pinged you, so and so tagged you, so and so poked you? You were tagged in this photo. Like, are those dots showing up on our like that's that's insane to me and maybe i'm just the minor, minority here but i can't have my phone pinging me at all times so at first when i saw these notifications uh this this you know muting the push notifications option i thought 
oh, this is good. This is all about not seeing them in the notifications tab while I am already a busy marketer inside of Facebook and I won't get shiny red new dots that show up as squirrels and distract me. But that's not what this is, unfortunately. It's just the ability to not get notifications outside of the app while you're still on your phone. And again, for a lot of us savvy marketers, we're already at that point. So maybe this is a consumer level thing where, you know, consumers who don't think this way and aren't on there all the time (laughs) do this. I mean, do you have your notifications on? I don't. Oh, heck no. No, no. no. And and I actually... I, let me put it this way. I actually do for Facebook Messenger, but even then, it's not something that comes Same. up. It doesn't come up on my lock screen. It comes up as mm-hmm. a banner that comes in, and then I have the little red button only so I don't miss it in case I, I, you know, I'm busy doing other things on my phone. But n- no way does it show up and notify, you know nag at my attention, in other words. So I want to know what other, what other people think about this time tool specifically. But while we're doing that um, and asking for that question to come in, I I really think that this can help some people. This will help some people. But there's a bunch of other stuff like, I mean, you've got the list here. We've got the list here. Uh, There's a number of other things inside of Instagram and Facebook that they've rolled out over the course of the last uh, six to nine months now. and and those things are meant to increase the quality of the time spent there. They also have a little bit to play in with the time. So uh, I remember what some what what are some of these? I know that we we should probably list yeah. these off because it's a cumulative yeah. effect. It's good to take yeah. stock, hit pause, and look back and say, well, here's this latest tool. But they've given us a lot of other tools too. So if you kind of put them all together, yeah, I can kind of see where they're going. What do you think? I th- I think so. You know, the see first option so you can see certain friends post first is great. I use that a lot. The ability to hide people or unfollow them rather than unfriend is great. My favorite out of all of these tools that they've given us is keyword snooze. I don't have it yet, but I cannot wait to get it. I think it's going to be incredibly useful. And it is maybe the one tool that is going to really improve my Facebook experience. Mm-hmm. And especially anytime there's an election. Yeah. Well, and that one in particular, it's the ability to still, to, to still, I mean, cause if we, if you think about past, I mean, we'll use the election as an example. We don't go political on this show for a reason, but yeah. when it comes to that being a very contentious point of time on all social networks, you either were given the, these like three choices. Number one is you engaged which wasn't my choice at all. Uh, Number two is you muted them entirely. So you never saw them again on social or three, you unfriended them, which can be a big problem if you're dealing with family members. So, (laughs) so keyword snooze is this great middle ground because it gives you the ability to still see, you know, your, uh, I don't know, your uncle. You still see when he's done, I don't know, he's working on his motorcycle, for example, and he posts pictures of that. Has nothing to do with politics. So Mm -hmm. keyword snooze then eliminates all those political posts he posts, and you don't have to engage with those. You can just engage with the, I mean, this is the world we've come to. You can just engage with that person on the topics you want to. So yeah, keyword snooze, I don't have it yet either, but I'm looking for it as well. And a lot of the people that are in the live chat agree with me, so, and you. Yeah. 
There's some other stuff, though. Those those are the ones that were on uh, Facebook. What were the Instagram ones? Um, well, they came out with a you're all caught up message in the feed. So you can know that you've seen all there is to see uh, keyword filtering sensitivity screens, which I don't I've never seen one of those um, and offensive comment and bullying filters. So filters, they're <laughs> filters, they're filters. Um, and it's, you know, it's interesting to me that the. The tools that they've come out with are so different for both of the networks because, you know, Instagram is all about not being offensive, not being insensitive, not bullying. And I guess that's because they, they realize their audience is younger and there's so many, so many teens and young adults and Instagram can definitely be used to, you know, hurt other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, so all of these things, you know, put together, if you put in what we just talked about with this new tool being quality of time or quantity of time, and you add up all the Facebook and the Instagram things that they've rolled out as uh, under the, the, um, the banner of quality of time. <laughs> my question is, is, and, and, you know, reply wherever you can find us, our Facebook page, our Instagram account, Twitter. Like if you're listening to this or if you're live now, I want to know, are you enjoying your time spent on Facebook and Instagram more since, say, last December or this this January of 2018? Because that's what their goals have been on these accounts with these steps. And I'm wondering if you feel that way, if you think that that's what's have been having uh, an effect on your usage. What effect is that having on your usage? Are you enjoying your time there better? Are you getting connected with relationships and family and friends more? Or is this not having a, an effect for you? Um, Facebook, Kim, what do you think? Like, I, personally? Well, personally, it hasn't really had much of an effect on me. I can't say that I'm enjoying my experience more because um, as much as I shouldn't admit this, I'm not that social on Facebook. I'm on social. I'm on, I'm on Facebook because I need to be for all of the ads and stuff that I run. But mm-hmm. I don't really use Facebook to stay connected to people as much as you would think. So I can't say this really changed my usage at all. Yeah. Uh, Mary Wu in the live chat says that we're preaching to the choir. We know how to work around things. We know how to pause people or know how to focus because we need to work. Uh, Mary, and I, I agree with you, but I also know a lot of marketers who, who do not. Like they just are, you know, they, they don't, they are not as effective as they think they are. Let me put just put right. it that way. So, you know, I, I just wonder, I, you know, um, there was some, there was another comment here. Oh, uh, Grace, who is the show producer, she had a great question. She's wondering, uh, this is a great question posed to Facebook, hypothetically. She wonders if time spent will have any newsfeed implications. In other words, does quality time mean only room for quality posts in the newsfeed? Because if you're spending less time or being more aware of the time you're spending on Facebook, then when you're there, are they going to only be showing you, again, like they said, the the best of the best that's on there available mm-hmm. for you, according to your that's personal it. newsfeed algorithm? So that's good. That's a good question. Yeah. It's, I mean, again, this is and that's kind of what I'm wondering if over this past eight, nine months that they've been adding all these things on both these these accounts um, or these these news feeds. 
are we seeing that yet? And and I would say personally, I don't know because it's kind of come and gone. It's gone up and down for me. There are days where I hate what I'm seeing and I've been very strategic in curating. And there are other times where I feel like, no, this is more how it should be. So maybe that's just, maybe it's just tweaking. Maybe it's just working. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Kelly, Kelly Mirabella had a great comment. She was saying that she doesn't like some of the content being served in the main timeline. So she's moved most of her interactions into groups. Hmm. And you know, she's wondering, have people been doing the same thing? Are they using groups more than interacting on their main timeline? I would say yes. I would I would, I, so. I would agree with that for me. Yeah. That I, I don't like what they serve me up on my main timeline either. I think, why are you showing me this? But groups, it's a different story. Yeah. And and I think it's a shame that unfortunately Facebook killed that groups app because I would love to just go into the groups app and not into the main Facebook app uh, on my phone. So, so that is the, uh, the gist of that. And, uh, and actually, in fact, here's another, there's another key piece to this. Uh, Facebook is removing the friend list feeds from the iOS app. So iOS app users, which this may be an indication of what's to come for Android users, uh, the iOS app users will no longer be able to use friend lists to see posts from specific friends in the feed after August 9th, 2018. So by the time that you've heard this as a podcast or by the time we're almost to next week's show, this ability will be gone. And and here's the thing. This was this was a really good feature. This is one of those features that you could create a list of close friends or family or um, alumni that you were friends with from college friends, that kind of a thing. And they are doing away with it essentially and unfortunately it's it's uh, and it's official in the sense that um we have a a screenshot of a notice from that from um one of the social media marketing society members Judy Morash she shared this with us and what it says is friends friendless feeds will be going away soon we'll be making these friendless feeds unavailable on August 9th 2018 to focus on improving your main news feed experience but don't worry you can still continue to create edit and share to your friend lists. But my question is, is, okay, if it's going away, well, here's the thing. And and again, another key piece to note here, and there's a major difference between what is being said and what is not being said. Just like in the uh, thing we just talked about with the new tools, those tools were all mobile. This change, only mobile. Notice here, it only says that it's going to be part of iOS. So there you go. Well, and the other thing to really, we kind of glossed over it a little bit and that we should mention is that you can still use those lists to share stuff to that list of people. Yes. So that, that for me was the biggest thing. I didn't use it so much to look at stuff in the newsfeed, but I definitely used it when I wanted to share content that maybe some of my other friends wouldn't appreciate. Yeah, that's true. I hadn't thought about it from a I thought about it from a consumption standpoint, but not from a, hey, I'm only going to publish this content for this list of people on Facebook and they will be the only ones who will see it. That's actually a good point. So something to consider. Um, 
there was also another change here that I'm trying yeah. to make sure that we cover. Uh, it, right. cause it was just remind, I was just reminded of it. It was the whole, um, not posting to, uh, profiles from third party apps. Oh, we're going to get and to I that. I think one. we get to that later in the episode. Yeah. So we'll, so we'll bring that up later. But anyway, um, so next up though, on mobile, uh, Facebook is introducing a redesigned navigation bar for mobile apps. So if you can sense the theme here, Facebook's doing a lot of user interface changes when it comes to their mobile apps. So what what's the change here? What are they changing with this redesign? So what they're doing is there's going to be a set number, like a two or three spots on their on your shortcut that's going to be populated with with static icons and that will be the news feed notifications menu and then menu and then with this upcoming redesign everyone will still see the news feed notifications and menu but the other two or three spots will be automatically populated with shortcuts to um like your own profile to friend requests to marketplace to groups or watch based on your usage. So it's, it's, it's not letting you choose what you see in your menu bar, but it's dynamically changing your menu bar based on what you use most. Mm, Yeah. So for example, here, um, somebody who doesn't use marketplace that much. And, and, right. a, and there's a number of you out there because there's a number of people who have written us private messages on our Facebook um, account on our page and have said, how do I get rid of the marketplace icon in my Facebook uh, mobile app? And I write back and say, you can't, well, now you can, or now you will be able to just don't use it. Yeah. <laughs> it will eventually get, clued in and, you know, or actively use other sections of the Facebook app. And that will the marketplace one, they'll they'll be able to tell you're not using it. So well, and and groups, groups will be a shortcut, which is super helpful. That will be nice. Yes. So that that is really cool. Uh, So again, yeah, that is another one of those ways to get around them getting rid of the groups app is to start using groups on your mobile app more so that it shows up. Yeah. Very cool. Now, face, Facebook has said that eventually they want to build in settings that let people have more control over what they see. So that is alluding to you can choose and you can state which icons you have. But um, they said that's something that will be coming in the future. Yeah. They also said that uh, when one of these new shortcuts is added, because you've gotten to that point where you've shown them that you uh, have a priority over that section of their app that you'll actually get an alert. So that's really cool. You'll, you'll see it. I mean, you would see the icon, but you'll actually, they'll call attention right. to it. They'll show you yeah. uh, a piece. So that's very cool. I actually like this. I liked, I like that the, the mobile app will become adaptive to learning what I want in the app itself, not just in the, right. um, you know, not just in the newsfeed, but in the actual app itself, it will know what I want. That's actually pretty cool. Giving us some mm-hmm. user interface uh, control over the user interface, not just the content itself. So Great. they're still working. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm hoping they keep, you know, updating or integrating, not integrating, uh, updating and improving the product. So innovating. There you go. That's the word I was looking for. How'd you know? There you go. I, I can read your mind. Yes. Uh, so then you know what the next feature is, and it's still more Facebook news. 
So yes, yes. So Facebook has updated video metrics to align with viewing patterns. So um, Facebook updated its video ad metrics to focus more on the total amount of time a video is watched and to remove redundancies in reporting. Now I'm not I'm not sure that I agree that this is the right move, but how it works is. Facebook's tweak the video ad metrics like the three second and 10 second video views and they will no longer be included. And they're also, so say you're watching a video ad and it something about that ad really, you know, caught your eye and you decided to scroll back and watch that part over again in that ad. That used to count as how long a video was viewed. Now it won't. So like if you go and watch an ad a second or third time to see it, those numbers will not be included in the total time viewed for a video. Hmm. And so and again, Facebook is removing the 30-second view and video percentages watched metrics. They say due to redundancy, and they are adding a new video plays metric that offers a better way to measure when a person completely views a video autoplaying in the feed versus someone that sees an impression. So what they're what they're really trying to do is make sure that people understand the difference between an impression, which means you saw there's a video and scooted on by as fast mm-hmm. as you could, <laughs> to people that actually watch the video. And so there's been a lot of, you know, a lot of talk about, oh, three second video view, that's just long enough for people to move away from the video and that doesn't really count. Well, they're still keeping the three second, three second video views, but they're making sure you understand the difference between simply an impression and when a video was actually played completely so those are those are the big changes and um yeah that's it well and, and the big and piece well, go ahead sorry there it's gonna be rolling out globally to all advertisers over the next couple of weeks so uh, uh the other thing is this is these are the the metrics that you get when you're looking at your videos and ads manager mm-hmm. and in page insights well and the, and the reason that they needed to do some of this was the fact that some people do not have autoplay turned on. I, for instance, don't, I don't think, mm-hmm. or I turn it off. I don't know, it depends. Um, so for me, a three second view is different than a video play. I mean, it's, it's, it's different. In other words, it's different because again, like you said, the three seconds, I wasn't watching the video. I saw there was right. a video. I didn't watch the video. And at, and that's actually different from say somebody who has the video come through their newsfeed who it, it's actually playing while they go while they either scroll by it or scroll past it slow enough that it registers as a view and so yeah they're giving us more nuance and more uh, ability to really understand more of our video metrics so that that's the most important yeah. thing to really understand here from this I think so. Yeah. And so on top of that, this is so if you're a gaming marketer, this will be really exciting for you. For the rest of us marketers that run ads, this probably isn't as exciting. But Facebook has introduced three new ad solutions for gaming marketers. And they're designed to help gaming marketers connect with their most valuable players. And they are there's there's three three new um three new options. One is playable ads. So Playable ads have been around for a long time, but this is the first time that Facebook is finally using playable ads. And what that is, is where you can actually play a game as part of the ad. So you Mm. get like a preview of how it would be to 
play that game. Right. So those playable ads will be available to all advertisers using the app install objective in ads for the Facebook newsfeed. So it's very, very limited objective, limited placement, but it is available. And then the next one is retention optimization. And Facebook is doing this. Well, first of all, retention is the amount of time as a percentage of players who return to a game for certain periods of time, such as a day or a week. So with mobile games, retention is pretty difficult and only four to five percent people come back after the first 30 days of downloading the app. So what they're doing is they are trying to optimize. You can, when you go into an ad, you can set your objective, but you also can optimize your ad for various things like, you know, unique daily views or impressions, whatever. Well, there will be a new optimization feature called retention. And so that's going to come out not until later this year, actually. And then the last optimization is value. So Facebook's introducing this value optimization, which helps developers spot their most valuable users and reward them. And value optimization combined with minimum ROAS bidding will be available to advertisers in September on Facebook, Instagram, and the audience network. Very cool. So, yeah, a lot of our marketers, uh, some we, actually we do have a number of marketers. I can't say that. I will say this. We do have a number of marketers. We get a lot of people who, again, behind the scenes on our Facebook page, ask us um, questions about marketing their apps. So this will be good news. Oh, uh, that's true. Yeah, that's very true. So, yeah. And these are some these are some actually cool changes. In fact, like if you can uh value optimization. I think that would be great for regular Facebook ads where you could serve up stuff to your most valuable users or people that, I mean, in a way you can do that by serving ads to your engaged users. But this is different. This is actually uh, optimizing for the people who have spent the most money and reward them. So that would be neat to incorporate in regular ads too. Yeah. Uh, Moving our attention over to YouTube. So YouTube has made some changes that they are doing on the desktop. And I personally like this for the most part. Uh, Some people don't, but we'll get into that. So YouTube is updating the way that vertical video, standard 16 by nine video, which were is the majority, I think, it's kind of what we've kind of grown to know as the standard, as well as the older four by three formats almost looks like a square, but it's not. It's four by three. Uh, the way they updated the way that those are going to show on the desktop. And so what this means is that the video player now automatically adapts to the uh, quality, you know, basically the, the aspect ratio of the 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 video player is going to be adapted to whatever the best viewing experience would be for that. Uh, the best example I can give you is that when vertical video has been uploaded onto YouTube, you would still see these black, large black spaces on the left and right hand side. And only this like sliver of a screen between the video player is where the vertical video would show up. Now, however, only that vertical video section is going to show up. There is no black bars. However, it's almost like there's white bars there now because it's, or if you're on dark mode, I guess it is still kind of darker screen. But in other words, uh, and one of the other places, I mean, again, a, a, a 16 by nine, a, a standard quote standard of uh, you know landscape video 
isn't really going to look very different at all, if any, because really that was what it was optimized for previously and everything else fit into that. But although it is a little bit more optimized to take up the right amount of space on the screen, it's it's maybe a little bit bigger. It's almost like getting a, a couple inches bigger uh, widescreen television built in is, is the best example I can give. But if you go to like four by three, this is one I think you probably have the biggest uh, difference for the biggest um, noticeability of this change is instead of having that four by three almost square chunk that is inside of a 16 by nine, which again, that's what it would look like if you're watching an old show like, say, Cheers, for example. Uh, mm -hmm. from before they were filming things in landscape. Uh, it's how that would look on a standard 16 by 9 television in your home. Well, now that box, that that uh, 4x3 video player is going to be much bigger. It's much easier to see. I think this is the one that gives you almost the biggest bang for your buck in terms of what their change is. So um, this is the major change. And, and And again, I think this is helpful. I don't know anybody who's <laughs> shooting in four by three uh, square video, though, that actually would take advantage of that four by three kind of a format as well. It'd just be a little bit different looking. Uh, the vertical video thing, I think, is where people are starting to wonder if that's actually a benefit or not, because it's uh, there are people who are recording vertical video and there are people who are uploading vertical video. It does increase the size a little bit, but it's again on a desktop. I don't know. You're almost when it comes to vertical video, you're almost better opening up that that up full screen so that you can really see it. Because, again, that's still not the in a in a landscape or four by three or square world. Vertical video is still hard to consume, placing it in those constraints. That's my opinion. Personally, there's a lot of comments in the live show uh, chat who's like one uh, Shay saying who records vertical video. Unfortunately, lots of people. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Jules is wondering if they're going to integrate this into their mobile platform soon so that when you view vertical video on mobile, it'll look like Instagram and Snap, etc. And, and for the most part, when I have seen vertical video on mobile and I went I go to play it, um, I typically since I'm already on that type, I'm already on an optimized screen for that. I just make it full screen real quick. So. I don't know. Anyway, there you go. That's I mean, that's a it's a major change that's in minor and major in its implications in some senses. Uh, but it's it's pretty interesting. I'm I am glad that they're doing this. They actually actually uh, uh, to give an answer to um, who was it that asked Jewel? She asked if they were going to integrate this in their mobile platform. Well, here's the thing. They actually already did. The mobile apps for Android and iOS were updated for this back in March. So this de desktop change is actually just in alignment with what they've already done on those apps. So uh, I'm not sure if maybe people don't understand that it's there. For the most part, that's kind of what's happening already on mobile. So there you go. Uh, next up. We've got uh, a little bit more Facebook news. So this is one that is courtesy of our friend Damian Ross. Uh, apparently, he's not here today in the live show. But what he yeah. saw was he received a um, or no, he actually I think he sent he was sending a friend request and he said, hey, this is new. Well, this isn't this isn't necessarily brand new, but it's out there. <laughs> yes. Uh it's out there. And what this is, the, the best way I can describe this is 
you know how on LinkedIn, when you're making a connection, they call it something different over there. You're not becoming friends. You're making a connection. You don't have to be friends to work together, I guess. And uh, on LinkedIn and <laughs> um, when you're sending that invitation, when you're sending that connection request, it allows you on LinkedIn to type a private message and say, uh, and the standard one that's always there is, is, I'd like to add you to my professional network. And most people leave it there. Now, people like Veronica, or not Veronica, Vivica, sorry, sorry, Vivica, Vivica von Rosen, uh, she would say that what needs to happen is you need to personalize that. You need to say, hey, great to see you. You know, I mean, I met you here, thought it would be great to connect, those kinds of things. Anyway, personalize it. That's what this is, in essence, over on Facebook. It gives the ability to add a private message to that friend request. She can say, hey. We met the other night at such and such's party, thought it would be great to be friends with you here on Facebook. This is actually pretty cool because I get a lot mm-hmm. of Facebook requests that I, I'm like, how, do I know this person? What are their mutual friends? Exactly. I don't know. Uh, but them being able to send a message and say, hey, we attended Social Media Marketing World together last year and we had a great conversation. Don't know if you're remembering me, but I'd like to connect on Facebook as a friend. That's going to go so much further than just finding somebody on Facebook and tapping send friend request, right? So, right. well, yeah. there there is some question where that message is going to show up. Is it going to is it going to show up in the notification that you have a friend request and there's going to be a blurb with their with their message, or is it going to show up in your inbox in the in the other messages mm-hmm. since you're not friends yet? So. Um, that would be that will be interesting to see where the message actually shows up. Yeah, that is a great observation. And I think I would prefer and my hope is that in the friend requests section of the app uh, or on desktop, that along with that friend request shows up this message, there, message there, because if it doesn't. Right. I don't want that message hanging out in limbo somewhere else when the friend request is over here and those things be separated. You can hope. We can hope. So, yeah, there we go. There we go. Uh, Next up. Okay, so this is the one we were talking about earlier. This had to do with uh, third party apps and being able to schedule posts on personal profiles. Right. This is big. So and initially it was Twitter saying, hey, you can no longer auto post your tweets to Facebook. And then, uh, thanks to Mari Smith, we found out that no, it's actually any third party app that's going to schedule posts on your personal profile. That's not happening anymore. So if you're using Buffer or Hootsuite or whoever to schedule posts for you personally, you, you can't do it. It's the option has been taken away, but you can still do it for your page. So no on the personal profiles. Yes. On the pages. Yeah. I think it's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, they're, they're working to clean up their API and that's what it, that's what it all has to do with is there's these little holes that they found in the API that were allowing people to get sneaky and backdoor data and everything else. And so now since the Cambridge Analytica scandal, they've gone through and said, hey, if you haven't gone through our review process, then you're going to lose API access. And that's something like, I'm trying to remember the number of of potential apps that this is going to impact, but it's it's a huge number. So um, 
Facebook said, hey, get us, get it authorized by August 1st. If you're in the process of doing it, then they won't limit your access until you've gone through the, the review process. But this is going to cut off a lot of those those laps that aren't playing by the rules. Yeah, I'm not totally ever against automation. I'm I'm really against unintentional automation where you're not really thinking it through strategy wise and you're just, you know, shotgunning content, you know, like I, I mean, right. uh Jay Nolfo says that he loved this feature of being able to find stuff in the morning and slow, slowly post it all day. Uh, I'm assuming that you're talking about the Facebook change here. Um, mm-hmm. But myself personally, I am not going to find a bunch of content and then post that on my personal Facebook account all day. That to me is uh, antithetical to what the changes that social media um that that facebook has has announced is you know it's not about the content anymore it's about the connection and so even if you're pumping content out there you know anyway um well who who this is going to hurt are people that are against facebook's terms of service they're using their personal pay their personal profile as a page and so this is just one more way that facebook's kind of giving them a little squeeze and saying hey Go do this on your on your page. You can post automatically post all you want there, but not on your personal profile. That's a great point. I hadn't thought about that. That's going to force a lot of those people to switch over to pages so that they can yeah. schedule posts there. Exactly. Great, exactly. Uh, great, great catch there. Yeah. Thanks. Um, so then turning our attention to another Facebook property that I know you love, uh, WhatsApp's got some updates. Yeah. So WhatsApp actually has expanded its business tools with the launch of a WhatsApp business API. So now they have their very own API. So that's going to allow medium and large businesses to manage and send non-promotional messages to customers like appointment reminders, shipping information, event tickets, let's see what else. Um, well, any of those like, you know, remind any sort of other reminders uh, for a fixed rate. So there's some monetization going on here too. And VentureBeats says that the businesses using the API will be able to respond to messages within 24 hours for free. But any messages sent after that, they will be charged for. So that's interesting. It's definitely motivating the businesses that are allowed to use this API to respond quickly to customers. And, you know, they have that the feature on Facebook where it says, you know, how long it takes someone to respond and you get the little gold star badge or whatever, if you respond, you know, instantly or right away. So this is uh, their way of having WhatsApp businesses respond quickly because if they don't, they're going to be charged a fee. And the other part of this API announcement is that advertisers will soon be able to add a click to chat button to their website, or to Facebook ads to allow people to quickly and easily message a business. And so in WhatsApp. Wow. And what's interesting about this is you have to remember is that WhatsApp has end to end encryption. So, you know, you don't have to worry about your, your messages or your information, your private information getting stolen out there. I mean, it's encrypted end to end. And so this, you know, this, these are some great changes for WhatsApp. It's they, they have one, WhatsApp has 1.5 billion users around the world. Yeah. 1.5 uh, billion. 
when we were prepping for the show, you brought up that interesting statistic out of the uh, latest round a couple of weeks ago. Facebook had all these statistics about their the number of people that are using their messaging platforms. And you made the important observation. <laughs> what was it again? Something to do with WhatsApp and how big of a slice of the pie that is. Well, if you. Yeah, if you remember from that that quarterly report um, or call, Facebook had said we have, I think it was like two billion active users across all of our products. Well, that is a huge number and that's very impressive. But then when you come down and look at it, 1.5 of those are WhatsApp users who maybe don't even use Facebook at all because WhatsApp is huge everywhere other than the U.S. So, um so that was just a little bit of creative number crunching for Facebook, and I appreciate their ingenuity. Yeah. What's the other news here? We've got some other WhatsApp news here. Yep. So this one is just minor. They um, face WhatsApp had said that they were going to roll this out, and they actually have now. And so they've added group calling for up to four people using video and voice. And again, these group calls are always encrypted with end-to-end encryption. And they said that they will work reliably around the world in different network conditions. So even if you have low bandwidth, you're still going to be able to do these group calls with video. So that's that's the news. Awesome. Uh, next up in news, we got some Snapchat items. So Snapchat is launching their first speech recognition lenses. So uh, this is this is pretty self-explanatory, really. So what this means is that Snapchat can now recognize when you say certain keywords and that of these five or six new lenses that are out there uh, within the next week, they say Snapchat users will be able to create snaps where they say things such as hi or love or yes or no or wow. And as you say that. Something happens on the screen based on the auditory input, not the visual input, as we're used to with these masks and things that we that we see on Snapchat. And so, for example, if I say da 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 hi da 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 da, like I say hi Kim. Well, if I say hi, then all these I think they're squirrels, these little animals that like pop in from all over the borders of the screen. They're like hi 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 hi, you know. And it's really fun. you know I'll do that again. No, I won't. Um, yeah. So it's yes, it's and it's very it's very cutesy. It's very but that again, that's kind of what half these things on Snapchat are anyway. Yeah. But like you say love and like all the hearts pop up. And so it's interesting. It's cool. It's creative. But again, it's one of those stock type things that once it gets used, some um, is going to you'll be, you'll see it enough and then it'd be like, OK, I'm kind of done with this. At least that's my initial yeah. take. I, I think it's great yeah. that these exist, and I, I can't wait to see what else they do and add more in. Uh, the second piece of news that we've got on the Snapchat front is that they are testing sticker packs made by creators. This, I think, is a much bigger deal and a much bigger uh, potential. Um, we were talking in show prep meeting for about this as well. And this one, I think, is very much akin to... To the geo filters where say you're at social media marketing world and you want to have the scout you know a, a, a guy show up guy he's like, anyway uh scout shows up our mascot that's what i meant to say and or the banner that says social media marketing world or some some jungle stuff that, that we got we had a couple different ones a couple different times but imagine if we could create a pack of stickers like that that you would use in your instagram stories imagine that 
But now it's, I mean, it's again, it's Snapchat. I'm wishing that Instagram would allow this. This would be an amazing thing for them to see. Oh, yeah. By the way. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening, Instagram from, you know, from Snapchat, take this, please. Don't just, they're testing it. Just go ahead and make it right now. Uh, can you see that? I mean, to, to have the little, you know, this, 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 the, uh, the, um, the Explorer hat or the actual Scout. Uh, stick as a sticker or social media marketing world as a sticker or a San Diego skyline kind of as a sticker or, um, you know, the one uh, I, I, the, the, the magnifying glass, that's what it is to be able to throw yeah. that on there as a sticker over my eye in an existing, like still snapshot on Instagram or on Snapchat. Uh-huh. So that's what this is, you know, essentially is. And they're testing it. And again, I, as I've said i've just come up with a number of ways that like just one brand for us uh could could come up with stuff and you know we you know uh get somebody to make stuff make stickers upload them and then and throw it in there so uh they they say that they're they're testing it and there's going to be some you know uh stuff in there from different cartoons and sticker packs i mean it's it's very limited as it first rolls out uh i'm excited to see where they go with this but again, I I kind of want this outside of Snapchat. So there you go. Yeah. Well, and just to throw this in, um, a couple of the people that are of the original sticker makers, one of them is Sean McBride, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean Duris. Yes. So that's kind of cool. He'll be at Social Media Marketing World. Just yeah. thought I'd throw that out there. Yep. And next news here. So LinkedIn has introduced a new campaign or not a new campaign manager, but it's introduced um, updates to the reporting interface. Okay. So, uh, sorry about that. Um, LinkedIn announced a redesigned reporting experience, and it's going to be easier to understand how your campaigns are performing and to then, once you see that, to quickly optimize for better results. So, some of the major enhancements, um, new navigation tools, Faster loading data, yay. Improved search capabilities and a few others. And so these changes began rolling out this past week in LinkedIn Campaign Manager, and they will continue to roll out. So, um, you know, I think that the ability to quickly see how your campaigns are performing and then make changes on the fly is that's a really, that's a great improvement. That's amazing. And also the increased uh, search capabilities. Those are two that I'm going to find particularly helpful. Helpful. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. A- anytime that the networks want to make it easier for us to get more data out of them and make it mm-hmm. easier to understand that data, I am all for it. So uh, speaking of other networks, so Twitter has out is coming out with an outline for their community guidelines for live video chats on Periscope and Twitter. So as part of their making their service a safer place they're rolling out Periscope community guidelines that apply to, uh, again, both Twitter and Periscope. And essentially, their community will be able to report and vote on chats that they consider to be abusive. And that group moderation determines if someone can continue chatting. Now, this is a thing that I think is a little bit dangerous because mm-hmm. say you just have a bunch of people who are haters and, you know, like, for example – what we would never do anything purposely offensive on Periscope, but if we have somebody who just dislikes us, they mm-hmm. can get a bunch of people together and just, in essence, almost downvote us or you know report us and say that we're being abusive, and then 
that group moderation determines if someone can continue chatting. And so I think this is a little bit dangerous. I don't know yeah. a way around it, though. So I, I'd rather have it there and be in place and refute it than have it not be there. But I don't know. This, this is weird yeah. times we live in. I guess it is. It is. <laughs> well, this one was particularly exciting for me. Um, Facebook is offering digital skill training to small businesses and communities. So Facebook is committed to training 1 million people and small business owners in digital skills across the U.S. by 2020. And to do this, they're creating more in-person training programs. They offer online classes, which they already have been doing through Facebook Blueprint. And if you haven't checked out Blueprint, just Google it or go to Facebook forward slash blueprint. Amazing, amazing classes in all different aspects of Facebook. And you will learn stuff that you don't know, even if you are a guru. So um, they're also going to be partnering with partnering with local and national organizations who will to help teach digital skills in their communities. So basically, Facebook wants to empower a whole bunch of business owners and individuals how to leverage the power of Facebook for their businesses. And I think that that's amazing. So starting in 2019, Facebook's going to offer training in social media strategy and digital marketing for small businesses in um, like 10 major cities, all the ones you would imagine, you know, Atlanta, Chicago, Cincinnati, Las Vegas, LA, New yeah, Orleans, Washington. Cool. So all, all the big cities. So that's, that's pretty cool of Facebook, I think. Yeah, very cool. So that is our show. We are excited to see you again next week, though. But before that, if you have any questions about any of the information in this episode, you can find the show notes for this episode on our site at socialmediaexaminer.com. It posts there every Saturday. That's where you'll find everything, links to dive deeper and all of that. In the meantime, you can also listen to the show. If you're not listening as a podcast and you've joined us live, you can find it in iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Just search for Social Media Marketing Talk Show. Or if you are listening as a podcast and you have not joined us live, we'd love for you to join us live for our next show next Friday, August 10th, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. And you can get this show on your calendar, your literal calendar, by going to socialmediaexaminer.com slash live show. That's where you'll find the ability to click add this calendar to your calendar. You'll have an, you know, you'll have an appointment with us, a standing appointment with us to meet with us every Friday as we do this show live. We'd love to see you there. And with that, I'll say have a great weekend. Have a great week. And we will see you next episode. Bye, everyone. Thank you. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.